What's going on guys? Welcome to the Against All Odds podcast, season two, episode three. In this episode, Mimi, again, is wearing a sweatshirt and I'm going to say there's a 99% chance that she's going to be sweating and hot by the end of this podcast. And hot tea. And hot tea. No, but I was actually cold. That's why I put this on. We'll see. So Mimi, how was uh, your day today? good hung out with childhood friend who's pregnant and getting <laughs> married and what are we doing recording <laughs> a podcast, podcast. <laughs> yep. um, yeah it was good and then we went to the beach today so it was fun yeah i was supposed to be working today but it was kind of like another weekend day so yeah today was my off day um i had like really really good trainings monday wednesday friday with the guys up in irvine and then tuesday thursday I had really good workouts i think i had a a training session on Tuesday as well. So it was a really good week. Off day today, I just did a whole bunch of editing, a whole bunch of emails, a whole bunch of work, um, and now recording a podcast. But um, one thing that I was talking about, this is where I really want to like center this discussion about around, is on Friday, I was talking with Rafael Espinosa. If you guys watched the videos, watched the training sessions, he's been in like every single one since a long last time. Week. Yeah, since last week. <laughs> so the last two or three episodes. Um, Wait, where were you going with that? You've like just started training with him. Well, except that one by Target. Yeah. Yeah. Because well, I meant like he's been in that one. He's been in the same. He's probably been in like five or six videos. Oh, yeah. The meetup. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we were talking because after a training session, I was hungry. So I was like, I'm going to go to Starbucks. I'm going to get like an egg sandwich, some water, like a chocolate milk. Um, and I was like, I asked everybody if they wanted to come with me. And then he was the only one who said, yeah. So. <laughs> and that was the whole story. And that was the story. So yeah. Anyway. No, but he came with me and we just started talking because he's 17 and he just had his first season with Orange County Soccer Club. And it kind of was like he went through the normal rookie season mm-hmm. where you, especially with a pro team at 17, you you know, you know see a lot of the times that these, these guys over in the EPL who are 15, 16, 17 are making their debuts, but that's not the norm of a 16, 17-year-old, 18-year-old player. I mean, this is the norm of Raphael, even, not even norm, he's way ahead of almost every single professional yeah. soccer player signing a contract, um, academy contract, so it wasn't paid, but training with the first team at 17, he's way ahead of the game, you know, um, but he's going through that, like he didn't get into any games, he kind of, you know, struggled at trainings, was the guy who was the practice player, got yelled at a lot, was the bottom rung of the totem pole or the bottom rung of the ladder, and just basically mentally we were talking about how hard of a battle that is for your first professional season or first season really freshman in college you've probably experienced this as well um what it's like and just the mental battle that you go through and we we're also talking with you about how similar it was with you know you've had a job you've had a job where you're the bottom rung of the ladder yeah. well every, i feel like everybody is. starts there yeah and it's everybody funny because like to. you graduate college you get like this real grown-up job and you think like I'm finally going to be respected. Like I'm going to, you know, I have my college degree, like I'm getting paid. You think like you're going to go in there and just start working, you know, not have any problems, but you do start at the bottom. Mm -hmm. Like that's just how it is. Yeah. And it's like, you're the one getting tea for your boss, Yeah, you know, like that everyone has to do that. And it's a bad, and it's hard in soccer because like in the real world, I mean, I'm guessing there are jobs where you get yelled at, but. Oh, you. 100%. 100%. I got yelled at so many yeah. times. And then, but it's funny though, because when that happens, it's almost like you just don't take it personally because you're like, well, you know, like right now I'm the punchy bag. Like that's just how it is. Mm-hmm. You can't like take it personally because there's going to be a new person coming along and it's going to be them next. And 
I don't yeah. know. And you just have to think like, you know, everybody, not that it makes it better or rationalizes it, but most people on the team or most people at the job, they've been through it too. Yeah. You know, and it's almost like it's just your turn, but it do, it does suck. Yeah. Like there's no reason for people to be mean. There's no reason for that. Mm-hmm. And we were talking just a bit because of like, yeah, just how much it sucks. And especially for soccer, because you're so used to being, um, I feel like coming out of college and you're going to get a job. It's kind of like, yeah, it's, it's time to do this. But like in soccer, especially if you're going to a pro contract, pretty much not your whole life, but you've had big segments of your life where you are the man, you know, yeah. club teams, you're the man, high school, you're the man, college, you're, you're the man. I was never really like the man, but <laughs> I get what you're saying. But so like you're going through this and you're used to starting, being the captain, being the leader, you know, never ever second guessing or thinking about other people yelling at you or getting mad because you're usually the best player from where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. And so to all of a sudden be going from that to a place where now you just feel like you have no confidence and everything's just sat from you and you're timid. And we're talking about when you're doing 5v2s that you do a good pass, but you mess up or another player will mess up and you go, my bad, and you walk in. Just stuff like that, just because you're the youngest, you're the guy who's not playing. You know, you're the 17-year-old. In my case, when I was 22 at Sacramento Republic, I was the 22-year-old, like, younger guy, mm-hmm. which was very young for USL um, versus over in England or other parts of the world. But just, like, to go through that mental battle of, still having confidence and pushing through that year because you know a lot of people see me now see what it was like for me now when i'm you know joined st louis or everywhere that i've been and they think you know rafael's talking is like look you know you just have confidence when you play you know you're doing better uh just they feel like that i hadn't gone through that and i went through that like you were there with me every single day i came home from sacramento republic you know how was my attitude coming home from those trainings you were just not happy at all. And I think the biggest uh, difference between now and then was you weren't excited for training. Mm-hmm. Like now when you go to train, even if it's with a team or with your friends, like you're excited. Like my mom even said the other day when you were going to training, she's like, Shelly was like a little kid, like with his like <laughs> soccer clothes on. He was so excited, like running out of the house. Like you were so excited to train. Yeah. And then at Soccer Public, you like almost dreaded like driving there and going there. and Yeah. I almost felt bad that you had to go, but I was like, this is what he wants, I think. And so. I honestly <laughs> felt like I was hiding it too from you, like yeah. how much I didn't wasn't enjoying myself. I mean, you never told me about it until like now, but I, going back, like I could have, I could see it. Yeah. You know, I wasn't blind. I mean, because I would go into the locker room, and it, I'm not saying that I, I really want to clear up like Sacramento wasn't a bad setup. You yeah. know, it wasn't like that was a mean. Club. That was just your first year, and even all the guys, a lot of the guys that are on the team, um, on were on that 2015 team. I've played with later Ivan Merkovic, Vukovic, uh, Hakim Rivas, Cameron Owasa. You know, so many guys on that team I've played with in different clubs or played against now. And they're great guys. I love them, like everything. But it was just me being that timid younger guy, being the rookie, you know, coming to the locker room. I didn't feel comfortable. I wasn't, I didn't feel part of the team because yeah. I was like a practice player. So I'd come in, you know, quietly as, as late as I possibly could, be on my phone, you know, look at my phone, you know, kind of like looking up, only talking to the yeah. person right next to me who was also probably a practice player and kind of talked to Cameron Watson to my left. Mm-hmm. And that was about it. And then once practice started, I was, you, you know, I wasn't even in a lot of the trainings. I was off to the side shooting on the goalkeepers, you know, popping in when they need me. And then after training, you know, hop in the shower real quick, go over to lunch, have my lunch, you know, with talking with the same practice player or one guy and then dip, you know, I didn't do any of the other team functions. Mm-hmm. I wasn't living with the guys. I never hung out with them just because I was 30 minutes away, you know? So I didn't, actually make any bonds 
and it was hard too to even like say like, hey, let's go, you know, let's go grab something to eat. Because I, I just, for whatever reason, you get in this mindset of like, no, like there, he's, uh, you know, he's one of the starters. I'm, I'm like a practice player. And it, it, as ridiculous as that sounds, it's almost impossible to describe it once you've been in that situation. And I bet a lot of people, you know, I, I really want to document this and talk about this because I haven't really talked about it that much. I, I briefly, but I want to talk about it because, you know, I wish I could have heard this from another pro, you know, yeah. that has got, who had gone through that. Because everybody who goes through it usually wants to keep it a secret, you know, because either that makes them quit and they don't want to talk about it. Or, you know, they push through it and then they become a better player and confident and they're like, they just almost like block it out and be like, no, no, I was never that type of player. But everybody goes through that type. Everybody goes through that phase mm-hmm. and it's rough. It's a very, very rough phase. And like, it's the same. It's, it's very funny how like the parallels between you or that and like your job, but how like, you know, you really didn't like a lot of the, the aspects of that and you came home kind of miserable sometimes. Yeah. It's funny too because you can be like in your dream job, like your dream industry, and you could still be miserable. Yeah. And you, f- you feel so bad complaining and you feel so stupid complaining because you're like, I'm a professional soccer player, like I'm playing with the professional soccer team. Yeah. Like, I can't complain, but you're still not happy. Like, it's all relative. Yeah, I would tell people, like, you know, because especially Sacramento Republic, this team played in front of, you know, 11,000, 12,000 fans a game. And you would go there and you'd get, like, the tickets behind the bench. And people would be like, you're training with Sacramento Republic? Like, that's so awesome. You get to play with these guys. You get to train. And I was like, I'm miserable every day. I remember you, like, hit it. Like, when we'd go to the games, you, like, didn't want to tell anybody because you are just, like... Don't want to talk about it. Like, yeah. just want to watch the game. Yeah, I just want to watch the. I just sat in the stands. Yeah, it was like it was a very, very weird time, and I almost I was so close to quitting that that like season, just because like I was like this is not what I envisioned professional soccer to be about. Like, be about, and and like I've, I've talked about in many videos, um, professional soccer is a lot different than I did imagine, um, but it's not. It's just that rookie season that was bad, you know, yeah. and then you definitely have your ups and downs. That was a, a big, long, nine-month-long down period. But I still don't want to say, like, I was miserable every single day. I still had, you know, I made good friends there. Yeah, I was going to say that because there's still, like, like with my job, too, and, like, with you, I'm sure there were, like, bursts of, like, yeah. this is great. Like, this is my dream. And then, like, the next minute, you're like, I just want to go home. Like, this mm. sucks. Because I would have days. I had really, really good days of training, you know, where all of a sudden we're doing a scrimmage or whatever, 11 v 11, and I'm like, I get subbed in over the second string right back, and I'm over in, you know, I'm kind of like the second string right back now playing against the first string um, team, and I'll have like a really good day, mm-hmm. whipping some crosses, feeling good. The coach is like, Matt, you know, you had a good day today, and you're on a high. Like, you are just like, oh my God, you know, just yeah. a matter of time, just a matter of time. But that's one day usually out of the, like two weeks. And most of the days it's, especially for me, I was learning a new position, and I was being meant. Mentored. Yeah, because that was your first time being a right back. Yeah, so I had no, I really had no idea about positioning, what I was doing. I was really learning. And unfortunately, if you guys have seen professional soccer players mentor or teach in the in the heat of the game, it, it looks more like you're being yelled at and belittled. And I, I did a good job of taking that criticism and, and trying to learn from it and also trying to have as much confidence as I could. But it wears on you every single day to go to training, mm-hmm. to get yelled at, to be standing on the side for most of the training, to not have very close friends, and then you don't even get to play in games or anything. And it's like the best parts of soccer were just gone. And I was just doing them like the bad yeah, parts. Yeah, I've totally been there. Like the, way, like the way you're describing that, I'm like just reliving it in my head. Like what I went through, I was like, I yeah. don't want to think about that. Yeah. And but, I, but I do think, though, that you can choose to 
discontinue that trend for the new people. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, be- like, because I saw that with my job and then we got a new employee like eight months later and I felt like, you know, I was kind of established there. Like I felt better. I felt confident. Like I knew all the secrets and passwords. And, like I knew yeah. everything basically. And so when there was a new person coming in, I literally went up to her and I was like, hey, I was like, look, this is the deal. Like, you know, you don't want to park here. They're going to yell at you. You want to come in at this time. Mm-hmm. You want to put your purse here, not there. You know, yeah. like just all the little things I wish someone would have told me. Yeah. And I told her, I'm like, look, you can come to me. You ask me anything. Like if you have a question, just ask me. Like, don't worry about it. Yeah. And I, I made an effort to actually say that to her because no one said that to me. And I had to learn it all on my own. And that's how you make mistakes is by learning because no one tells you what to do, you know? <laughs> yeah. So it's the same. I, don't know. I uh I did I did that as well. Like at St. Louis, um I don't want to say his name because I just don't know if you would want me to. But um we basically younger guy again 17, 17 18 year old kid. Mm-hmm. Um this he was on academy contract, so he wasn't like fully getting paid, but he was actually playing in the games with us at St. Louis. Um and this guy was like a good player. Uh, but I roomed with him for one of the trips or whatever. And I was always super, you know, just, I was always talkative. I like younger guys. I, I, that doesn't, that, that sounded weird. weird. <laughs> I like hang. I like mentoring. Like yeah. that's what I want to do. That's pretty much this entire channel is yeah. mentorship and like trying to help people about really at that stage of their development of their career. Mm-hmm. So we were just talking about that. I was like, how's, how are trainings going? Like, how do you feel? You know, because he did the same thing. He would pop in as late as he could. You know, he would kind of talk to a few people. But as soon as training left, sometimes he didn't even shower. He just left training, like never stayed around for lunch and stuff like that. So we just talked. He's like, yeah, it's it's rough, man. Like he just, and this was, he was like U.S. national team status. Like he came from being the biggest dog ever to now being the bottom rung. And he was just kind of talking about like how a lot of players, you know, kind of didn't train the right way, yelled at him, you know, trying to teach him, but not in the best way. And then, like, as a pro, like, it doesn't matter. Like, it, you can just yell at people because, I don't there's no, like, re- repercussions, you know? Yeah. And a lot of the older guys do that. And, it, and I, you know, you even catch yourself doing that. When you get older and older, you just want to win so bad that when they mess up, you're like, come on! You know, because you feel like you wouldn't make that mistake. Yeah. But you have you can't do it in that way. You'd be like, hey, one touch next time. But even that, like, they, they know that, like, you're disappointed in them messing up. So, like... I just was like, bro, I told him the same thing. I went through that too. And then he's just kind of like, you know, some people just, you know, I, I don't, you know, they mess up, but nobody yells at them. I mess up. I get yelled at all the time and it's, it's tough. And I mean, it's, I just think it's so valuable just to document this and talk about this because I mean, this is U.S. national team kids, kids who are playing with professional teams at 17. You know, I went through this too, even in mm-hmm. high school level, like this isn't just pros at high school as a sophomore, my first year in varsity, I was like, there's two sophomores on the team. But one, Josh Hamilton, started the games and played. I was too small to really start games. So I, and I was, you know, he was friends with the older guys. I wasn't really friends with the older guys. So I just kind of felt like I went to training every day and didn't really have any friends, you know? And I would get yelled at. And I, I mm-hmm. kind of that same thing where I kind of dreaded going to training again. And it's just like, if you can understand that this, that's just part of the process. And if you can get through that year, it's going to get better the next year, your junior year, then your senior year is the best time ever Then you got to go back down to college. Then you build back up and then you go to the pros. But it's a process. But yeah, I just, I really, you know, I had like, we talked for like an hour over at Starbucks, me and Raphael. And I was like, you know what? This is a really, really good topic. I wish he was here and we were talking. I wish I had that podcasted, you know? <clears throat> Can I have some of your tea? My, it's really hot. I got a tickle in my yeah. throat. 
the, the non-lipstick side. <laughs> Not contagious. <sighs> huh? Lipstick? Yeah. I don't want your lipstick. It's nude. We're going to go see a movie tonight, though. Yes, we are. Um, we're going to go see the Bohemian Rhapsody song. Or not song. We're, we're going to the movie theaters to listen to a song. I think it's just called Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, so that's, that's pretty close. Yeah. It's, it's about Prince? <sighs> I'm yeah. so bad. Who is it? Queen. Really. Queen. Oh, I was close. They're the ones that made the Bohemian Rhapsody song. How close is that? Prince, Queen. Not close at all. Prince was American. Queen's British. Named after the Queen. Who's, is Freddie Mercury? He's the singer of Bohemian, of Queen. So the movie's about him. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. It's funny. We had a guy at Tulsa when I was on trial. He was on trial as well. His name was Matt too. But he <laughs> grew out a mustache. This guy looked exactly like uh, Freddie, Freddie Mercury. Mercury. Yeah. Shelly's so bad at celebrities. Last night we were watching a movie <laughs> and it had Maggie Hall in it. And he was like, man, like this is a girl from Spider-Man. I hate her. Like sometimes she looks young. Sometimes she looks old. Like it confuses me. And you like really, we're really mad about it. And I was like. Shelly, those are two different people that are two different ages. Like that, that's why they look old sometimes and young sometimes. Like, that's Kirsten Dunst and that's Maggie Gyllenhaal. Yeah, I... And you're like, whoa. Yeah, I, I... Names of celebrities, faces of celebrities, like, I feel like 90% of B-list and C-list and even A-list celebrities could be walking across me straight across the... Like, right in front of me. And I would just be like... Completely not even noticing. Yeah, it. I was impressed though when we went to Italy like two two days ago, three days ago. Oh yeah, we were in LA. We went to Italy, and the second we sat down, we both looked at each other, and I was like, "Do you see him?" And you're like, <laughs> "You're like, I'm gonna text you right now." And you like got your phone out because the second we sat down, the guy next to me looked exactly like I forget his name in Stranger Things, but it's the guy. He's the guy with the hair who teaches yeah the younger kid how to style his hair. Yeah, right? he was the one that like. I think the girl broke up with him or something like that. And he was all sad, but then he became mm. friends with the younger guys. Yeah. I swear that was him. Like It, that looks, was it looked weird. really, really the close. The thing is, is Shelly was the one facing him. And I don't really trust your... Judgment. Judgment <laughs> with celebrities. So yeah. I'm going to say it was him because I don't really believe you. It was not. A hundred percent. From my it angle, not. it was. Well, it wasn't him. How do you know that though? You thought Maggie Gyllenhaal and Kirsten Dunst were the same person. <laughs> because I just I know. Like Stranger Things I that's a show I really like and I looked at him and I don't trust it. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, so it's been I also I haven't talked about this in videos or anything too, but I got good news over the weekend, um, in terms of teams for next year. Uh I don't wanna jinx it. Though. Yeah, I'm not I'm not gonna jinx it. Uh but and I don't believe in jinxing. But um you do with injuries. No, I just don't want to risk it. See? <laughs> uh, but I basically, my agent, I want to talk about this too because it's hard because I, I wish I could show, this is what I, I struggle with my YouTube channel. I want to show everything, you know, be completely transparent, but I don't want that, that I don't want that transparency to hurt stuff in the works, you know? Well, you don't have to be transparent about it while it's in the works. Yeah, but that's the that's the hard part is I want to show... Do you know what you should do that a lot of YouTubers do? Okay, yeah. I've been watching... This is going to sound weird, but I've been watching a lot of pregnancy vlogs lately because a lot of the people I follow are getting pregnant. I don't know why. But what they do is that for the first 12 weeks, you usually don't want to tell anybody because that's when you can miscarry. Yeah. So they still vlog the whole time, but they wait until 12 weeks to release that footage. So you could be recording right now and, and you could be talking about what's going on in your head and how you feel and like the news you're getting yeah. but just wait until it's confirmed or 
you know, shut down to actually release it. Yeah, I definitely, yeah, that, that would actually be pretty good. Like, you could record idea. yourself right now and just say, like, yeah, I just got a call from my agent. He said this, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then that day when you do get a contract, it would be really cool to show the footage from yeah. before. Yeah. Yeah, that could be a good idea. It'd be... I mean, that's how that's how you would do it without jinxing it. Yeah. So. Um, but I'll, I'll basically say what I want to say is that this entire process, you know, uh, I have a couple agents working for me. And it, it never is, you know, I always thought that stuff would work at one faster. I thought everything in the professional world, you know, if a team wants to you, you'd be signed. Boom. And then the other thing I thought was that it wouldn't be so, it's almost like a complete game, you know, like the coaches and the, and the people are waiting to see how, you know, low you'll go and then you'll see how desperate you are. And then they're kind of like holding off other stuff to see. To, <laughs> and then all of a sudden they realize that, you know, they actually really need a write back, but then they play it cool. And then they say, yeah, we're interested, but we're not that interested. You can definitely see how things get like messed up. It's like, it's almost like you're kind of trying to talk to a girl and she's no, it does. It sounds like a relationship. And she's completely just giving you mixed signals all yeah. the time. And then one person's trying to make the other one jealous all the time. Yeah, until yeah, yeah. like the other one gives in you know mm-hmm. it's, it's it's a weird weird game but and it's it's also like when you're younger and you have like your friend go talk to them for you like go see if she thinks i'm cute yeah you yeah, know? yeah that's what agent that's is. what agent is you know like that, yeah, they're yeah, the ones that do that that's what i do i, I like i'll tell him he'd be like because he you know my agent will come up to me and goes what's the lowest number you would go for in terms of money and deals how you know what about housing you know uh what's the what do you really want you know what would be a good goal to reach for Contract? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, what have you been on for terms of money before? Mm-hmm. You know, who are you going to bring over? I'll edit that out. I just said the team, the name of the team, so I'll, I'll go back and edit this. Twenty-two. Twenty-two minutes in. <laughs> um, uh, but then they're like, "Who do you want to bring over to the city with you?" Um, and all this stuff. And at the same time, you're kind of like talking to, to multiple London. teams. Just say a bunch of different cities, and then they won't know which one. No. <laughs> <laughs> you're talking to multiple teams. France. And- no, stop. <laughs> you're trying ta- to help you. You're, you're talking to multiple teams. And so that you kind of like are being like, yeah, so this team over here said this and they're interested. Does that, you know, make you want me more now? Oh, okay. You do. Okay. No. And then you go back to this team. They're interested in me now. Does that make you want to raise yeah, your can't price? can you see how a lot of opportunities are like missed because of this game? Yeah. Yeah. It and, seems like a lot of like players can just get. And the most stressful pro- part is I was talking to my mom on the phone. As it's not like a normal, you know, out of college trying to find a job where there's unlimited jobs, unlimited job openings, you know, unlimited jobs, uh, like closing. As you're sitting there every single day, you pop on Instagram or USL or you check the website, you're seeing teams start to sign players. And that you have. Have they started that already yet? Yeah, they're starting sharing. Oh, I hate that. And so every time you see one, you go, okay, well, there's 200, let's say that for whatever number, there's 250 job openings. Every single post you see, 249 248 247 and there's not any more new teams popping i mean the worst too it doesn't really have to do with the new signings but when you're on a team because i always follow the teams on like instagram and everything i hate too throughout the year when you see new signings throughout the year and you're always like checking like is it a right back is it a right back like freaking out because (laughs) you don't want them to sign new right backs i hate that it's it's tough and so like that's a very stressful thing i mean you go through off season and you you know you're hearing about this the teams that are interested in you and then you check and they're signing people you're like why are what's going on me why are they taking and then you realize it's like okay well there might be 
four or five right backs they're talking to and all of a sudden one goes over to St. Louis and then there's like four others they're talking to now and then it's just like okay as that dwindles then they can get more desperate but it's just such a crazy like weird game and you, you're talking and you get updates all the time but the updates sound like this, this is what it's the just up- all it's all just gossip and yeah but this is what the updates thing. sound like the agent will call you be like hey Matt I'm like, yeah how's it going and he's like yeah so you know I got some decent news um and you know this team I talked to this team and this coach talked to him on the phone a long time he is interested in you um he you know there's not the biggest budget and you never know if that's a lie or not it's not the biggest it always is not the biggest budget um but they definitely are interested. Now they're talking to a couple other right backs. Now this guy that I've heard the gossip is that he's probably going to go over to this team. If he goes over this team, your price goes up. Do we hold out? Do we wait? And then he goes, I'm going to have another conversation with him next week. So I'll call you on Sunday. And that happens almost every single week. And it's just, you keep on being like, okay, okay. And you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. basket. Yeah. Cause you hear that a lot of people go sweet. Okay. I mean, coach is interested. And then all of a sudden, it goes blank for two weeks, and you talk call your agent and goes, hey, what's up? Are, are they still interested? And it goes, no, no, they've got another right back. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, mm. so then you have to have, that's why I have like two agents working. I'm contacting teams on myself. You know, I'm sending out emails and highlight videos. I'm constantly, you know, on the lookout for opportunities popping up because you need to have 10, 20, 30 different leads for one to really go through. And even though you hear that of that, even if an agent says he's interested in you, even if they talk numbers, what they could offer you, it, nothing is set in stone until you write that 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 name on the piece of paper. Oh, I've had a tickle in my throat. <clears throat> you should tickle it. Drink all my tea. Ah, uh, yeah. <clears throat> okay, I feel good now. But that's what's so hard. That is what's so hard about this, and I and it's hard because. A lot of players do do that, you know, they don't have big YouTubers or big YouTube channels and big followings. They'll be like, oh yeah, I was talking to Austin Bold or I was talking to Seattle Sounders too and they're interested in me. And they'll just say that, you know, willy nilly. Like you can't. But like, even if they, well, I mean, some do, but then you hear it like, hey, whatever happened to Sounders? I'm like, oh no, fell through. And then, oh, what happened to this? Oh no, I fell through. I'm one of the type of person, colleges, everything, I said nothing and so they verbally told me, or actually, no, they actually sat down and said, we want you, here's the contract, here's the national letter of intent, sign it, blah, blah, blah. And then I say... See, that's why I was surprised that you were like telling my parents and like your parents stuff, but I guess families are different. Yeah, and I and tell people... I do people, appreciate you being open like with me and... I and tell us. people that understand how it works, Yeah, you know? Because you... Cause I know that that means nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because before you even said like, you know, years prior... You keep a lot of stuff secret, you know, about these opportunities yeah, and what's going on. Me. Because I would tell you stuff. I would mention a city. I mentioned a team, you know, that was, oh, I got an email that this coach might be interested. And you would get so excited. And you'd be like, whatever happened to it? You know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I haven't heard anything. It fell through. And then I was, and then you get disappointed. And I was like, it's, I need to keep it secret until it's set in stone. Yeah, but see, I, I would rather know and be disappointed than not know anything. Like, I almost feel like it's weird. Yeah. Because, like, you would, like, you know, talk to agents back and forth for, like, months, and then you would randomly be like, yeah, so I'm signing at St. Louis. And I'm like, when did that happen? Yeah. You know? Because, like, I know it's a process, and it's just, it's just kind of shitty when you're not part yeah, of Yeah, and we process. talked about this. I'm, I've been, obviously, selling it, saying a lot now. Yeah, he's but gotten every, better at every it. every <laughs> single time I say something, I'm like, look, nothing is set in stone. Because yeah. I've had, I've had, 
I would say for every opportunity I hear about to how to like the number of opportunities or leads or connections or coaches I hear that are interested in me to the actual number of contracts I sign is probably about 10 to one. I'd say, mm-hmm. would you say that? I would probably hear that about yeah. I, there's 10 opportunities a coach is interested in you and one of those pans out. Yeah, I'd say 10 And most people don't understand how that works that aren't either a professional athlete or dating a professional athlete or a family or a close yeah. really close friend of a professional athlete so even my closest friends besides like you your family my family i basically say i don't know we'll see i'm talking to some teams but that's it so we know all the secrets <laughs> you do know the secrets and i'm Go hoping watch my channel and you basically you know like i just heard last time but basically there should be more information either tomorrow night or monday but again you that never know. Nothing. Yeah, I've heard that before, and two weeks have gone by. So it's decent news. Uh, things are progressing, but at the same time, nothing's progressing. Mm-hmm. So if you guys are confused or stressed or feel like this is in the dark, no no information, I'm really not saying anything, then welcome to my world. This is how it's been, and this is how it always is. Even when I had my best season or I gave with Orange County Blues, and I played 16 straight games, started every single one, played every single minute. Um, and then the day the season ended, I got a call from Precky at St. Louis saying that he wanted me. Can you start that again? I got a call from Precky the day after the season ended that he wanted me. It still took three or four weeks before I actually got the contract. And then it probably took another two or three weeks before everything could finally be finalized and I couldn't make any announcement. So it was like two months from, and that's how long it took. <laughs> Bless you. Ow. Because <laughs> I got one comment that was like, I got one comment, I think, on like some YouTube video by the same guy who made the comment about, uh, it's this one guy. Yeah. But he's like, if they, if you're not instantly being signed, it means the coach doesn't want you. Sorry. I'm like, I don't think you know how the professional no. world works. Because <laughs> that means that the coach wouldn't want anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but there's, I mean, they're definitely, it does work a little bit quicker for, you know, the number one guy they want, you know? Yeah. But there's always going to be people that just have no idea that just talk out of their ass. Like, no, this is how, just not, that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. So, okay, bud. Yeah. Tell me how the professional world works in the USL. I'd love to know more. <laughs> but you definitely, uh, you, you learn to just keep stuff secret because that my first year too, after out of college, I sat, you know, and I got an opportunity or I got an email from Oklahoma city's head coach, um, I got an email about from Sacramento Republic. I got leads about Portland Timbers too. And I was like, I'm wheeling and dealing. I got three opportunities, three trials. I'm set. This is going to be great. You know, one of the, I'll have like options to choose from. No doubt in my mind, I was going to sign a contract. One by one, you know, OKC just didn't want me anymore. Mm-hmm. Sacramento Republic, all of a sudden they were fine. Uh, then Portland just went quiet. Didn't even hear back from Portland. And all of a sudden, around you know February, March, I'm seeing the USL start to pick up and the USL season progress. And preseason started. I'm sitting there at my home in Portland, twiddling my thumbs and going, "Wait a second, why am I not <laughs> in preseason?" Yeah, what, and I would contact the coaches. No, nothing, no reply. So that was hard. And so you learn quickly. You learn quickly not to take anybody's word until it's down in paper, in writing. And even then, you realize that even then, stuff can change. And nothing is guaranteed. Mm-hmm. It's tough. You know, it's funny too. Hmm. I got an email um, that said from a kid, and he goes, "Matt, you know, I saw your YouTube video with Rubio, 
And he was like, you know, it's it's disheartening or it's it's hard to see players from that background. You know, Rubio is is not having the greatest season this year in terms of he's not getting a lot of playing time, blah, blah, blah. But he has an amazing background. And they're basically like, so how, how many, what percentage of pros, you know, need to find a job after their pro career is done? Do you, what about medical insurance? Like, what about, it's like, how, what do you guys do? You know? And I was like, look, the reality, and this is why I love my YouTube channel too, because, you know, you look at BBC, you look at all these other Instagram accounts following the big top guys that are signing for millions and millions of dollars. You have to, it has the 0.1% of professionals, even players that are playing for US national teams, they're going to have to find jobs. Most of them are going to have to find jobs mm-hmm. after their career's done. And for the far majority of players, most of them are going to have to find like everyday jobs after the pro careers because they don't even they don't even make enough money now to even be above the poverty line. You know, in a lot of different countries, a lot of different leagues around yeah. the world. And so that email, I'm like, dude, it's good that you're seeing this because I don't want any player to be like, oh, I'm going to become a pro and go the pro route because it's a smart decision, financially set. You know, once you're in there, you make money. It's easy. But like, and I don't want to disheartening kids at the same time and be like, "Look, no, you're not gonna, you're not gonna be rich. It's ninety nine point nine percent chance that you won't even get a contract, you know." Mm-hmm. But like, it's good to show the reality of it. What are your thoughts on like the the money aspect of the USL or of the even MLS or La, La Liga about how like the the view of a professional soccer player versus the reality? Yeah, I think. A lot of the world doesn't know, like, the reality behind the contracts. And I'm not going to get into, like, numbers or anything, but I just think that you see these, like, huge big guys on TV getting paid, like, millions. And you just Mm -hmm. think that if you're a pro, anything, that you're set and you're solid and you're, like, making bank and you're, like, driving a Range Rover. And it's, like, the reality is that only happens for, like, a couple people, you know? You know what the hardest part, too? A lot of professional players, then especially in the USL or leagues where they're getting livable wages, mm-hmm. decent, some really decent contracts, even for normal everyday job standards, but they put on the persona that they are making hundreds of thousands of dollars and they buy the Louis Vuitton, you know, toiletry bags and the nice sunglasses and dress super nice. But then you, as a player start to look, you can see their home yeah. situations. You can see what, you know, they, besides the clothes they wear and the car they drive. And you can be like, dude, this guy, I asked him if he wanted to go to Chipotle with me. And he said that he didn't have money in his bank account. And you're like, bro, you know, yeah, like, well, people have different priorities. You know? And, and you know, I mean, that culture around you of, of like, you know, I mean, we have friends that think like of my USL contracts, I'm wheeling and dealing, you know? Yeah. And it's like, I'm, I'm not, you know, I, <laughs> I am definitely not at the point of Cristiano Ronaldo and Neymar and those yeah. guys. I'm not going to be able to go out and buy you a car, bro. So chill. One guy, one of my friends was like that. It's like, oh, so it was like, well, was my, uh, when am I going to get my car for being like your friend? Like for, and I was like, <laughs> bro, you don't well, realize I was like it. today, I'll just say it because she's not going to watch this podcast. But we were with my friends, two of my girlfriends today getting Chipotle and I brought Shelly with us and we were getting out of the car and I was like, Chipotle on Shelly. Like, I was just joking. And then my friend's like, yeah, like, you're a professional soccer player. Like, come on, it's no big deal. Like, yeah. They were just joking. Like, we all bought yeah, it yeah. or whatever. But it was just funny because you and I looked at each other and they're like, they know nothing about the USL. <laughs> yeah, I've seen USL players struggle. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you don't even know. Like, yeah. Most players, you know, they 
I think a lot of them are scared about the future mm-hmm. and about retirement and about because a lot of times like either they don't have enough to put into savings or you know they have like other expenses like a wife and a baby and a kid and all that and it's like it's scary it's really scary because once your career is over yeah i mean everybody just assumes you're gonna become a coach but it's like not every player is meant to be a coach not all of them would like being a coach like yeah and it's crazy coaching jobs even easy to find like they just assume like i'll just be a coach you know think about coaching jobs are way harder to find there's only one there's one coach per team yeah yeah, and they um, just, I feel like a lot of them just assume that that's just a given. Once the more and more I've been around pros, the more and more I realize that a lot of pros, instead of looking and planning for their future, they, you know, how I even take life kind of week by week, mm-hmm. not in terms of financially. I, I mean, I feel like compared to pros, I'm like killing it where I'm turn, like planning for my looking future, future yeah. and getting ready for what I want to do. And become a lead is like a huge piece of that puzzle about how I'm going to be fine in the future. But something that I like, you see, it's just like you, since your life is so scattered everywhere and there's so much uncertainty that you really, they take it day by day. It's never about like, oh, you know, let's plan. I should put money away for off season. It's like, nope, I get this. I have this much money in my bank account. I can make it stretch this far, you know, whatever. Next season, I don't know. I'm taking it day by day. And it's good. A lot of them do that as a way not to stress about next season, if mm-hmm. they're going to get a contract, what's going to happen. And it's very kind of like um, carefree. And I think that helps a lot of players because they realize if they're oblivious, if they put in the back of their head, ignorance is bliss. But you can see the fear when people talk about next season. You know, they play it off like, oh, no, you know, something will work out. You know, I'm talking to some teams or like, oh, yeah, after, you know, guys who are like 32, 33, they're like, oh, no, you know, I'm going to coaching, blah, blah, blah. But you can see and I've seen players like just drop off the face of the earth after they're done playing pro. And it's hard because then the fans so quickly shift to the next guys, you know, Instagram, everybody so quickly shifts to the next guys, the guys who retire, they're just like, they completely are just forgotten about. And it's a really, really weird and scary thing for a lot of players. But that's one thing I'm really, really fortunate with uh, Become Elite that I started that and the business around it and have like a set plan for the future. Because I would be, I'd definitely be the person that would be really stressing about my financials, my future, everything if I didn't have um, become elite as another project to be working on after mm-hmm. but day by day it's, it's so many pros I, i'm just literally having conversations imagining my past conversations with past players past teammates that have been like yeah man it'll work you know it'll work out and then all of a sudden you just don't see them sign another contract again i i even like i don't know where he's at right now it's, it's kind of it's weird you know yeah it's crazy <laughs> yeah you've been driving up to me uh with me to irvine too for the last couple of weeks filming mm-hmm. i really appreciate that you doing that everybody that comments is like oh yeah mimi you know, goals like she you're so Didn't lucky commentate and think i was just like your your film person they were joking oh it was a joke yeah i thought they thought i was like your nabil or something <laughs> <laughs> i'm not that good <laughs> yeah. yeah but one thing though before you change it one thing i wanted to say about about the players like not getting contracts and stuff it was like a huge shock to me because I was with you like in college when you were playing on the team. And if you're losing, it like sucked. But like, you know, it wasn't like your scholarship was at risk or yeah. like your your 
spot the school was at risk it was kind of just more for fun you know like you just wanted to win to win mm -hmm. but then when you got onto a pro soccer team and like i would go out to coffee with you guys and it would be like halfway or two-thirds way through the season and you guys would be like losing for a while and like all of you guys would just kind of be like stressed out and scared and like quiet yeah. and like that was kind of just like the tone and like i don't think other people understand just how much like winning like is so important to the, not just like your pride but like your actual like livelihood how much you know what yeah. i mean like i was sitting there like getting coffee and like you know i thought it was just gonna be a fun time like everyone's gonna be happy but it's like you guys are all just like man like we gotta step it up bro like you know where what, what do you have for next year and like mm -hmm. it's scary because even like halfway through the season if it's not looking too good like if it looks like your team's gonna be on the lower half of the whatever you know, that you have to start thinking about, yeah. like, the future. And it, I didn't realize, like, how much of a toll it would have, like, on your everyday, like, yeah. thoughts. because it's not like Europe in the top clubs. I mean, if you have a bad season, um, there's no five-year, three-year contracts. It's, nope, we're starting fresh. Yeah, new and coach. a lot of times, like, the whole, the new trend is just to scrap the teams. Yeah. Like, I, I don't like that. But that's and so it's it's hard because, like, you know, the owners go, we're not making, like, this is terrible. We're bottom of the table. Change it up. New 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 coach, new players, everything. Mm -hmm. And then it just wiped clean. And the thing is, like, even we were stressed about that season. And look what happened. They brought yeah, back you were, two. You were right. I was. We were all right. I was like, you guys are worried about nothing. Like, yeah. just have fun. Go out and win. And we would be like, Mimi, we like. It wasn't just you. It yeah. was a lot of people who don't understand. Like, you know, we would be talking even to family members or friends that aren't on the team, and they'd be like, Oh, dude, guys, you, you're fine. Like, yeah, don't chill. worry. Like, like you have five more games out. left. Like, and then we were all like, No, this isn't like this isn't uh, normal college soccer or anything else. This is professional. Yeah. You don't get the wins. That means that everybody's going to be out of a contract. And they only, out of 26 to, I think, 27 guys on the team, they brought back two guys. Two yeah. guys. One thing that um, I still remember, I think it was from Orange County. There was a couple guys that played from, like, Jamaica and the Caribbean and stuff. And I remember you telling me that, because in the USL, there's bonuses for everything. Like, yeah. if you score, you get a bonus. I think if you assist, you get a bonus. It depends, on your, like it depends on your contract, but yeah. Yeah, and I remember you, like, telling me, you're like, See that guy right there? And he was like a striker or something. And you're like, we didn't win today. So he doesn't get to send money back to his family to eat. Yeah, he didn't get the Jamaica. win bonus, which for him I think was like $250. Yeah, so his family didn't eat that week, you know, yeah. because he would send all of his money and his bonuses back to his family mm -hmm. so that they could live and eat and breathe. And like, it, I was like, like wow. Yeah. Like, it's not all about winning. Like, it's literally about staying alive yeah. and like making sure your family's okay and like i never thought about it like that i was like man like and it's in the in the hard part is like in a normal job it's not a lot of times it's not just like it's about if you do your best you know oh you're working hard you're doing your best you're not like a, a screw up but in soccer it's not like oh oh it's if you're doing your best 50 percent of the teams are going to be in the bottom half of the table it doesn't matter it's just how it is yeah there has to be a last place team you know there has to be second to last place team there has to be Eight teams <clears throat> in each league. God, this, I should have had a water. You weren't prepared. I wasn't prepared. I had there this has all to be all set up for you, and you just didn't even get the there. Water. Has to be eight teams with twenty-five guys per team. They're literally going to be stressed out. Yeah. And look, I, we talked about it. St. Louis brought back two players, and it wasn't like oh, the other guys went to new teams. Only I think like six or seven guys found teams yeah, in I the you, USL. Like, talking to all of them afterwards, you're like. 
no one's getting contracts. Yeah, and the guys that did find contracts in other places were like the veterans that been around and had really good seasons, you know. Yeah. But a lot, vast majority of the players, you know, just went to like Australia, went over me over to New Zealand. A couple guys went over to Finland. A couple guys like um, are just completely out. Went down to the NPSL, an amateur league. Other guys went to the PDL. Other guys are just playing complete. Just quit. A lot of guys just quit. Yeah. And so it's like there, there's your career. You know, you're done playing soccer. That's why winning, like, it's not all about just you guys wanting to win. Mm-hmm. It's like you want to keep we, playing. We wanted it, and you have this desire as a kid to win. But, like, at the same time, every time I'm on the field, too, and we got spanked by Louisville 4-1, that, that I remember that game in my head. I was like, there's my there's my career. Like, that's because my career goodbye, you know. There it is. And obviously I was in a dark place and, like, you don't want to think like that all the yeah. time. And obviously, you can always find a team slightly lower, but like you've seen right now, taking a step down and then bouncing back up is hard, you know? I think this whole talk would be a really good answer to the people that ask you, like, what your motivation is and, like, what motivates pros to go out and train every day. And it's like, well, if you don't, you don't get to play. You don't get a spot on the team. You don't get to sit on the bench. You don't get paid. Mm -hmm. You don't get asked back next year you know what i mean like it's not like not to make it like sound miserable but like there's a lot writing on it so when you just want to stay in bed all day and not go train that's what you're risking there's another guy another right back out there who's training harder and he's gonna get the uh he if you even if you both make the team he'll become the starter he starts games you don't Mm -hmm. you there goes your career and so like yeah it's like motivation it's like i i I always laugh every time like what's your motivation my motivation is to survive as a professional to play is to keep on doing this like (laughs) it's it's not even it's like it's like i have to do this i was like oh no i need time to get up and grind it's like no time to get up and work so i can continue getting paid continue to be a soccer player Mm -hmm. because if i don't do this then i'm quickly gonna find myself you know out of the game and going on to the next phase of my life which isn't bad you know but it's not what i want right now I'm excited for the next phase of my life, but I don't want the next phase right now. I want to have, I want a few more years of playing, doing all this stuff. Um, but yeah, this was definitely, this was more of a uh, serious podcast. What is? Yeah. We're going to call it the serious podcast. The serious black podcast. No, talking. <laughs> I just got to remember to edit out the team name. Oh yeah. <laughs> I just 22, said it. I was 22, like, 22. Ah, yeah. Uh, but hopefully I'll be able to say it soon. And, and again, like I said, I want to be very transparent on my vlogs and show what's going on, but I don't want to just be showing stuff and people are like, I don't want to share everything. And it's just such a weird thing. I like, that's like the part, because I don't even share this stuff with my friends, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to end it before you get into another rant right now, because it's already at 46 minutes. It's crazy. <laughs> um, I hope you guys enjoyed this. Sorry if it was a little dark at times. It's good. It's the real. It's the real thing. It's the real part of soccer. Yeah, it's real. I think, honestly, it just makes me respect players more, though, just because they work really, really hard. Mm. It's not just to play, it's to support people, families. The best part, though, is like in the exact opposite when you have that season, like I had at Orange County, and you're starting and you're playing and you're doing well and your your team's doing well and you're winning and you get to playoffs and you get the semis and you're just like this is this is why i do it you know that one season every single day i woke up and i was like you trainings are you especially when you're in the playoffs trainings are going great you're there everybody's happy everybody's laughing you're nutmegging people and we're all get laughing and going crazy 
And then you, in, in comparison to the other seasons, when you're not making somebody at training, but you're losing, it's a losing season, everybody just keeps playing because it's a series. It's not, we need to win. We need to go like this. And so, like, he's getting into a rant again. We'll see you guys <laughs> next time. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to stop it now. I'm gonna, I'm you gonna, can keep talking. <laughs> I have other things to do. Uh, you do it. I want to just say it, though. Like, honestly, this whole podcast was a little, like I said, a little somber. Um, but you do, you work hard, you do all this stuff for that season, for that time, and that just for the future to make the next season so that you win, so that it goes well, so that you're winning and everything's like, you know, sun, sunshine and rainbows and everything's awesome because that's like, that's what you do it for because it's, it's 100% worth it when you start winning and everything's going right. All right, maybe it's left. I've, I could talk about this for a long time. Maybe I should just do solo podcast from now on. <laughs> all right, guys, I'll see you in the next one. This was the Against All Odds podcast. Adios. Yeah.